welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. All right, howdy everyone. Welcome to week nine of our fall 2023 season, the third and final week of our little series on the prodigal son. Um, I am Doug Becker, and I am joined today by somebody who knows a good deal about what was preached yesterday. Oh, yeah. It's Curtis here. This is Curtis Thompson. Was that your chair? It was, I promise. Let's hear that again. Can you redo it? It's hard to reproduce. I, I can't redo it because it wasn't actually okay, on the chair. It's hard to reproduce. It. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> really called you out on the floor there. Yeah. No, but man, good. Uh, excellent job yesterday. Thank you, man. Yeah. Was that, that I believe, was your first time preaching here? That's right. That's right. I mean, so. you get a lot of, you get warmed up a lot with the, the, the youngins, right? Yeah, student ministries. Nice. Yeah, preaching there every Wednesday, and so... It's a good good place to practice and nice. And I like the tag team format. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I, I was I wasn't sure about it, but it, it was like watching the Bushwhackers from uh, WWF in the eighties. Yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah, from the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, the Bushwhackers. Yeah. They were like these guys that came out and like uh, I think they were supposed to be like swamp people, and they'd do this with their arms. Okay. Okay. But uh, no, you know it. you know what I like. <laughs> You know what I was thinking, actually, watching it is uh, whenever like you're on stage and there's someone else talking and you're there like you're super. I I don't know about you, but like I'm super self-conscious about like what I'm doing non-verbally. Yeah. Like I have to be looking at them and Mm -hmm. agreeing. So it's like because you can't just be like looking around at the lights and stuff. Mm -hmm. You got to look engaged. Did you feel that kind of pressure? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like. Even though, like, third service, I've heard the jokes that he said three times, I was still, like, laughing. At <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just because, what am I going to oh, do? Yeah, just sit yeah. there stone-faced while he said a joke? Like, Yeah. You know, I always yeah. feel for the, uh, you know, like, the tech people who are there for all three services. <laughs> like, I'm like, just, you know, I'm telling the exact same three jokes, the, the exact same jokes, all three services. Uh, this is how it's going to be, so... I hope you. I hope you're used to them. I hope you like them. Right, right. <laughs> um, cool. Well, we're gonna get into that message pretty soon, and uh, uh, but first, uh, just to give you guys a little, a uh, few of the announcements, um, just stuff that we've been talking about. Um, so uh, when people, if people are asking, you got the Christmas Eve Eve services coming up and I got all the times on there for you guys. We got seven services in all to choose from. So you should have no problem with that. Uh, and then um, we also have Christmas caroling coming up and that is going to be the week of December 10th, which is because I, I know a lot of people have been asking and I have been putting it out there. Um, but that is going to be the week after this community season stops. So, uh, we're right up on it. Um, next week is the final week of this season. Uh, the, the, the winter season will begin the last week of Jan January is last week. Correct. I think it's like January. Let me look at my calendar here. Yeah, no, it's actually, we're going to begin January 21st. So that's what it is. So you you guys have a little bit of a break until then, uh, during which you can attend winter sessions. Isn't that nice? Doesn't that work out nice with the schedule, oh, yeah. Curtis? Oh, it's wonderful. That's right. You get poured into. 
you're gonna yeah we're gonna pour of... so much into you yeah yeah you're gonna be like a, a vase being poured into do you say vase or vase I don't remember. Okay. And, um, <laughs> right. Like I can't, I, I never know once I'm put on the spot, I'm like, is it orange or orange? I don't know which one I say normally. Yeah. And then gray and gray, gray, gray and gray. Are you saying the exact same thing? But do I spell it with an E or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I normally do with that. It's an enigma. Okay, so uh, yeah, winter sessions coming up. We're discussing biblical themes. So this is a you know kind of um, a cool way to understand scripture, like the as themes get developed throughout it. Uh, also, um, to be to keep in mind, oh, this week first give weekend. So uh, both on Thursday night services, and then of course on the thund- uh, the Sunday the Sunday services, uh, we're going to be. This is the first opportunity to actually give what we've pledged to give. And um, also hear some exciting news. So you don't want to miss that. And then finally, uh, two, two final things. Uh, Ringwood Decorating Day is coming up this next, uh, this next Sunday. So that's going to be, I think that starts at noon. I know some people have been asking me about the time. And then finally, something that is definitely your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead yeah. and tell us what's going on on January 19th to the 21st yeah so we got our student winter retreat coming up and uh we have a a lot of people coming this year so we're probably going to run out of slots so if you haven't signed your students up to that uh make sure you go ahead and lock in a spot but that's going to be a great weekend Mm, very nice and where are you guys go camp orchard hill yes you've been there before yeah we've been we have that's like the best thing that our student ministry does you know because it's just we've been doing it for many many years and just consistent uh great experiences with them so excited nice. to be back there nice um a lot of outdoorsy stuff or is it indoor in the warm yeah yeah so i mean cabins are inside the well, main, like you, the gym you don't sleep outside no we don't sleep outside <laughs> but yeah there's like tubing and ice skating and uh, hockey and football nice. and all, all sorts of stuff nice all right well that sounds like a good time so get your Get your teens signed up for that. Um, all right. Um, for the icebreaker this week, who's got the craziest Thanksgiving story? Anybody have a crazy Thanksgiving? I don't um, know if I have a crazy my, one. Did you have anything crazy? My Thanksgiving was the opposite of crazy. It was probably the most Same. chill Thanksgiving I've ever had. It was mm. just me at uh, Melissa's family's house and like no extended family really. It was just really quiet. Really oh, quiet. very nice. Yeah. Uh, did you cook anything? Uh no, we did watch um we did watch Star Wars though so that yeah I mean that's pretty eventful yeah Return of the Jedi was on when oh I was, was it when I was oh. cooking it was like on TV TV oh nice yeah yeah nice. but it, you never see like the, the 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 for those of you who aren't don't know Star Wars that well George Lucas went back and like changed Re-edited, a bunch of yeah. stuff like several times like adding stuff in. And some of the things are a little bit like, uh, I don't know about, and it's hard to find like the sweet spot as to like, what's the appropriate amount of stuff. So it was the version where Darth Vader, when Luke is, is being killed by the emperor and, and Darth Vader saves him. Spoiler alert. Sorry, not sorry. Um, where right before he does it, he goes, no, he oh, does the no yeah, scream, no, which I that. think like kills that scene. Mm. I'm like, I'm just going to turn the volume down right now. All right. <laughs> then go back up. Yeah. Uh, Cause he wants to do the same thing as when he first found himself in the Vader suit. Right. He 
wants to make it rhyme, as he said. Mm. But he's gone and ruined it. Ruined it. Ruined, ruined. one of the best scenes in cinematic history, mm. in my opinion. Mm. Okay. Uh, Curtis loves Star Wars. He's wearing a pretty dope Star Wars shirt right now. That looks pretty. Is that like a shirt made to look old or is it I think old? so, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Tristan, Tristan Medina. Got okay, for me. he got Student. that for you? Yeah, oh yeah. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Um, all right, so this week we are in the prodigal son for one more week. That is going to be in Luke 15, 11 through 32. As always, I kind of recommend reading through that with your group um, at the beginning of the session. And uh, you just want a, a really good way to do it is to, to uh, go verse by verse, clockwise or counterclockwise around the circle, have everybody read a little bit, make fun of people who, uh, when you find out that they haven't been following along and don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, um, uh, I summarized the main idea of this message. You need to tell me if this is accurate. The father loves you more than you can possibly imagine. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah. I think uh, the ending of it with the blurb that Ryan added to it, it's that we're more lost than we could ever imagine, but more well, love than we can too, ever yeah. imagine. So, yeah. so it's a little blend of both, but I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, sweet. Um, okay. Uh, so let's begin. Let's begin our little discussion here. Now, fun fact, I don't know how, how granular you want me to get with this, but um, Ryan Franey... Uh, uh, on the, I think it's like the fourth week of every, of every month, uh, preaches live in Ringwood. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he was texting me that morning, like, dude, I'm so sick. Like I've been up and I'm not going to give the details about what he was sick with, but it bad. yeah, it was bad. It wasn't the Rona in case you're wondering, but, uh, yeah. So <laughs> he actually ended up, I believe not preaching at Ringwood and they just live streamed the service in, which I'm glad that we have the infrastructure there to be able to do. Yeah, that's nice. um, so for the first question in the Ringwood message, Ryan Frady would have suggested <laughs> that the father was acting in love when he let his son leave. Right. Cause of course I'm, I work from this, the scripts when I type these things up. So Ryan Frady suggested that the father was actually acting in love when he let the son leave. How so? How would he have been acting in love? Mm. Now, I know because I read Franey's sermon. I'm guessing you didn't read Franey's <laughs> sermon. But um, <clears throat> any thoughts on that, Mr. Thompson? I'm happy to. I don't mean to put you on the spot with the sermon you don't listen to. but No, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, uh, when I was reading it, I was thinking, like, there is a difference between actually being with the father and just, you know, like, the, it's clear that the son had no heart for his father and uh, so rather than like force him to, to do something that, you know, if, if your heart's gone, like your heart's gone. So I, I think he he allowed him to make his own decision um, mm. and, and see, see the end of that, you know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. Right. And um, yeah. And I think like God sometimes lets us go uh, in because he realizes like the process that it takes to bring a human heart into mm-hmm. into submission to the truth. You know, sometimes we need to learn about it for ourselves. And that act of like the father, I think we could say definitely in the parable, but I think we could say with God as well is painful, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. it's painful for the father, yeah. right? To say, okay, I mean, saying, no, you're going to stay. I mean, that may, I mean, that's a route you could go through too, but, mm-hmm. um, 
but but seeing the son go and and realize and and realizing like what he's going to go through and the dishonor that it's going to bring to the father and everything um i certainly think there's a lot like in the prophets like especially like in ezekiel like this concern that god's name has been profaned among the nations because of you and all the nations are seeing like isn't this the people of of yahweh mm-hmm. and 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 this has happened to them like mm-hmm. what then do we say of god you know and yeah, so there's definitely this idea of like, um, of of allowing us going through that painful experience, both for the both for the person and for the father, uh, that uh, in order to actually bring us through that journey, because the 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 story of grace and reconciliation would not be there had the fa- had the son just always been with the father. So there is a purpose that God has for us even in our wandering. I wonder if you would uh, uh, speak into this, but I feel like reading the Old Testament, there's just, it seems like God is lamenting so frequent over yeah. wandering, you know? Yep. And so, um, yeah. And even, I mean, some of the epistles probably do the mm. the same thing, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I, I think that God has a complex uh, array of emotions mm-hmm. that he, he feels towards his wandering people. Yeah. Okay, next question. In the Totoa sermon, Curtis called the other things that God lets us pursue lesser loves. Do you recall calling them that? I think I said that. Okay. I think that's true. I think you said that. God lets us, his children, go after these so that we can see them for what they are and return to him. What lesser loves have you gone after and what led you to see this as what they are? Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, I phrase that weirdly, I guess, but le- that that see that they are indeed lesser loves. Right, is right. what I mean. Yeah, I think um, I think there's so like one of the things I wanted to highlight in my message is just like uh, w- that one um, song, uh, "Prone to Wander." Lord, I feel it. It's like mm-hmm. our human hearts are just so weak and wander, and even in writing the message, I you know I found my heart you know, wandering, like I shared in the message, uh, so many, like even small things where like you could tell your life's feeling off, you know, just, you you can figure out what's feeling off just by what you're most distracted by or, or what your heart's leading towards. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, cause I think all of them will, when you're feeling off, it's like, okay, clearly I'm putting way too much focus and worship on something that isn't, you know, isn't God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I know, like for me, in terms of like uh, the things that I'm, I'm very tempted to to go after pleasure. To mm-hmm. think that you know pleasure will bring me more happiness in in all of the forms that I find it, um, and um, and being able uh, being able to see that like those short term things. Because the thing about a lot of these these lesser loves is that there is payoff in the short term mm-hmm. to them, right? Mm-hmm. They're not all like, if I pursue pleasure, chances are I will find a degree of pleasure yeah. in these things that I'm seeking. Oh, yeah. uh, the question is like, what does it, what does it do to me? In, in, in what does, what is it truly doing to me though? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and ultimately like it is not pleasure. Ultimately uh, it's just that we don't see things for how they truly are. Right. Um, and yeah. And, and, there's always a payoff between, you know, pleasure and pain and um, uh, and and pursuing certain things will inevitably lead towards pain um, and will inevitably lead to towards judgment from God eventually. So 
you know, seeing them for what they are and seeing them accurately is something that we don't always notice ahead of time, but you you see it afterwards. Yeah. And yeah, and that's that's what God allowing us to wander kind of does in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Romans 2.4 warns us against presuming on, quote, God's kindness, forbearance, and patience, right? Presuming on it. Do you presume on his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Mm. So if you're straying into sin right now, the only reason God is allowing you to do that is because he's patient. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's being patient with you, knowing that that is meant to lead you to repentance. Second mm. um, Peter 3.15 says essentially the same thing. And interestingly, in that passage, he alludes to Paul. That's where he alludes to Paul's writings. And he's like, our brother Paul has written to you as well saying this. Mm. Um, and um, so then the question, how would you respond to someone who sees God's patience as a bad thing because it means he is lenient towards evil and injustice? So the framing here is not ex- is not necessarily like um, he's letting me go and pursue pleasure or whatever, but he's not putting an end to all sorts of sin and all sorts mm-hmm. of sin hurts people. Right. Like so somebody um, uh, uh, selling drugs to people. Right. Like why isn't he stopping that person from doing that or somebody uh, doing something violent towards another person. Right. So the idea that God is letting people letting all sorts of people throughout this world wander all the time into sin in order to, to 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 show them this. That's actually a bad thing that God is 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 doing because it, it means that a, a lot of sin is happening and a lot mm-hmm. of sin means a lot of hurt in this world. So how would might we respond to that? I've definitely got some thoughts. Oh, that's <laughs> a deep that's a deep question. I feel like that's that's one of those questions where as a leader when you ask that question, you're probably going to get a little bit of silence and and you probably got to start piecing together the yeah, answer yeah, yeah. to, and to I kind think, of help them. And I think, way. yeah, I think mm-hmm. like throwing together a little bit of a response. Again, I, I do like the, there to be some silence and mm-hmm. to kind of see what's, what people come up with. Um, but yeah. Um, so I think the, 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 the message, and this is, um, I guess it kind of touches on something you said in the sermon where it was something like, you said something along the lines of like, it's not so much about the father or the older son or the younger son as it is about you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like this is because this parable is meant to be to bring conviction to its listeners, right? right? And um, and it is true that like there's a focus. Uh, there are you know there's a focus in 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 the parable about like teaching us something about God, but we see each other in the shoes of both sons. We could see each other in the shoes of both sons, right? And so I might say, well, how, why does God allow sin to happen? And part of it might be the answer of wandering. Um, but don't you see, you who object to God's goodness because he lets people wander and he lets sin happen, don't you see that he does this for you mm-hmm. to turn you into a prodigal son? Like, so in other words, the way you would respond, or at least the way I would respond to this kind of objection would be to say that, it, it is this thing that you you charge God with leniency against sin and not stopping it and stuff. This is what it takes mm-hmm. to bring you. This is what it takes to bring sinners to repentance. Yeah, and that's yeah. what he's. Yeah, the focus isn't outward; it's it's inward. So it's and almost like we're very lucky that he he has patience yeah, with us. Yeah, and I think about like uh, I I heard somebody say this. You know, when a, a, like a beam of sunlight is coming into a room and you see a little bit of dust, like. <laughs> 
particles yeah, like, yeah. flying through that. That's all throughout the room, but the sun, the sunlight is like shining on that mm. one particular thing, and I think that's that's often how like God works in me. Like I don't know all of like the sinful things that that I've done, and yet at times conviction will shine its light on like a part of that, and yeah. and that's a part that He wants to address and teach me and grow me and sanctify me. Um, but it's not always like all at once and yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and, and so you realize that like he's being patient. Yes. But he's being, that means he's being patient with me. Mm -hmm. And the part, the, the, the point in the Bible is when, when it does talk about God in this sense is that it, that, uh, that don't presume on his kindness and forbearance and patience. Um, but, but realize that this is the, this is an opportunity. It's still called today, and this is an opportunity for you to come home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second section in today's uh, or this week's discussion I've called from a far country. So what characteristics about the father did the son remember that helped him to come to his senses? What did he remember about his father? Mm-hmm. Well, he remembered, number one, that his the father's servants have it very good. That those who serve his father, his father is good too. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's like how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I put, perish here with hunger. Uh, what else might he have remembered about his father? Yeah, one thing that I thought was interesting is that there is enough of a like a hy- <laughs> hypothesis of grace. Like if you expected, like some people, you just get this expectation that like, all right, they're they're done there's never going to be any like if i go back there i'm just i'm going to get rejected there's enough of like uh you know he might actually bring me back in a, as a servant like there's an mm-hmm. expectation of forgiveness and i i heard it said one time like with parents how um you know kids always operate under the assumption that their parents will forgive them mm. like to some degree they're just like all right i've done this crazy thing I'm I'm pretty certain that my parents are going to forgive me. They're not just going to cast me away. And I think he has that like assumed, you know, th- there's a likely chance that, you know, even though I've screwed it up a ton, mm. I've seen enough of what he's like to think there's still a hope, you know. Yeah, there's still a chance. Enough for me to get up and and walk back. You yeah. Know? Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. So when you stray, what characteristics, attributes of God draw you back to him? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's his, it's, uh, I often think of like, you know, what he, what is proclaimed about him uh, in the Old Testament, right? That he's slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. Um, and that, like, I think also of, um, of like, um, Oftentimes in the book of Ezekiel, for example, it talks about how uh, if uh, if the if the righteous man turns to wickedness, right, God won't count his former righteousness like to like no, it's where you land, right? That mm-hmm. that matters. Whereas with the wicked man who turns from his wickedness and does righteousness and does righteousness that person will receive God's favor, right? That so it's God's willingness to receive repentant sinners back. Um, and sometimes it's very hard because like my sin can be very discouraging to me. Mm. And um, and it's almost like, uh, 
like I have to realize once again that God is gracious. He will be gracious with me. He will forgive me. And do I trust my own disappointment in myself more than I trust his promise of forgiveness for those who are in Jesus? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I, I talk to a lot of people who feel like they're a, a bad Christian, and I think there's just something there's something to be said about like repentance is a part of every Christian. So when I mm. when I look at somebody who's really mature and in faith and have walked with the Lord a bunch. They've walked in repentance a lot. That's what's matured them. They've mm-hmm. they've come back humbly to uh, a God whose whose mercies are new every morning, and they've received grace a lot. That's what's grown them into a, a big tree like Psalm one yeah. that doesn't get knocked over, is because they've they've reached back into His grace time and time again. Um, and so I, I think it's just something to be said about repentance is a part of. The Christian walk, and so yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's not only to be viewed through the eyes of failure. Yeah, it's it's uh, but it but that failure is part of a bigger picture. Yeah, that makes you um more of a child of God's grace. Yeah, um, which is all we ever are. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, today God's calling me to be forgiven and to go to Him, and that's how I can be faithful to God is by humbling myself and saying I, I've screwed up and yeah, um, and that is what's gonna mature me is you know and and next week when i'm there again or next day when i'm there again i you know yeah i'm going back to the the place where forgiveness is you know yeah and i i think it's also important to realize that um the another part of god another attribute of his is that he does require holiness and righteousness of Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and so that like in my coming back to him, I'm not merely just saying, God, I want forgiveness, mm. but I also make a conscious effort to try to put my sin behind me, to try mm. to, and to, to do what I can mm. to not fall and not stumble again. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I might take the specific actions to, you know, uh, uh, to minimize my ability to go back there or something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that that's, that's also part of it, right? That mm-hmm. it's not the, that there is a righteous requirement that God has of me. And I know I will never meet that, but there's actually a pretty, um, a pretty cool, um, illustration of this concept that, um, I heard on a podcast last week with NT Wright. And um, yeah, and I was discussing this with two brothers uh, last uh, last week or two weeks ago or something. But um, he taught he's talking about like, you know, our good works as Christians and uh, versus like God, you know, giving us righteousness in Christ um, that it's like climbing up a ladder when you're on an elevator. And of course, Mm. he's British, so he calls it a lift. (laughs) But um and that's kind of like what it is, right? Like, yeah, we are going up, but we're not really going, you know, like it's, uh, it's God is the one who's really lifting you and, and making you worthy to be in his, in his sight. But you know, he requires us to go up some rings on that ladder. So picture a ladder inside an elevator. <laughs> and that's a, that's a helpful image for me and for mm-hmm. thinking of my own, my own act works of righteousness. Huh. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, how does the younger son's understanding of the father's grace change between verses 17 and verse 24? So this is him coming to himself and saying, 
you know, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread down to where his father receives him and, uh, and his father comes out with this statement, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So between point A, from point A to point B, how do you think that the younger son's understanding of the father's grace has changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in in the message I, I was giving, like uh, I, I feel like there you get the sense when some people like kind of forgive you, but they're like really closely watching you and they kind of, <laughs> you know... Uh, like you could tell, okay, they, they've forgiven me enough, but I'm on thin ice or something like that. And mm. I think it's cool that, you know, in this, in this celebration, like the, the thing I understand about it is that like, like God meant it or, or the father meant it, that mm. he is genuinely joyful that the son is back and he wants to like, it's, um, I don't know why God is blessed by mm. like why God is happy you know, but by our reward, right? You know, but mm-hmm. but he is. He's genuinely excited to be just in our presence. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's what the, the, I mean, the sun learns. I think we get a little picture of that through love. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if, um, if my child does something really bad and, the, you know, you have to go through the process with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you can imagine like, like if, if your child you know totally went off the rails and you're worried about them and they're and then they come back it's almost like you're just happy to have them back mm-hmm. you know you're mm-hmm. just happy to have them have that relationship restored so you're right you know i think that the his understanding of his grace changes both in that uh, number one the level of grace is mm-hmm. higher than he expects it to be and number two, he doesn't, as you said, expect the father to actually be happy about it. Mm-hmm. It's not begrudging grace. Yeah. Like his father is excited about this. Right. And he's glad about it. Yeah. Like Ryan said, like assuming that, all right, yeah, I'm going to get to heaven. I get that, but I'm going to be on the basement floor. Yeah. Like it's still going to be a little hot where, where <laughs> I land up. It's like that. that's the, the part about grace that maybe sometimes even in our Christian walks, we don't engage enough. Is that like God delights in me? Yeah. You know? even in this moment where, where I've returned to him. Um, so yeah. And it, it really fires you up to start climbing that ladder again. Yeah. You know? So, yep. On uh, realizing you're on the elevator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so when his son returns, the father immediately throws a celebration. What can you do to better celebrate sinners coming home to the father? Mm. Mm, indeed. Yeah. I think uh, to the extent that the relation that there is a relationship there, um, uh, you know, coming alongside someone, giving someone a phone call, and um, telling them that you thank God for them, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to establish some kind of friendship, trying to welcome them into community, mm-hmm. is a is a tremendous thing. I think also. <laughs> uh, remembering to thank God mm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, there's a movie that always sticks out to me in this. It's like, it's one of the craziest movies that was ever made. Like it's called Nothing But Trouble. So this, I don't, I, I would not never be surprised if never you've seen never it. seen yeah, this, yeah, yeah. but this is, uh, it's a Dan Aykroyd movie. And it's like, they gave Dan Aykroyd f- full reign to be as weird as he wants to be. 
and it's uh, about like Chevy Chase. Uh, Chevy Chase and De- Demi Moore are the main characters, and they find themselves in this like really backward, backward, backward town um, at the mercy of Dan Aykroyd, who is the judge of the town. And he's just got this crazy like funhouse mansion that they're trapped in and they can't get out of and everything. And there's this one point where Chevy Chase tries to escape and he's um, he's on this conveyor belt that like with all these like deadly things coming at him, like saws and hammers and stuff. And the whole time he's like, oh, God, no, God, please, God, please, God, help God, help God. He says God like a thousand times. And then like and then I think the thing like breaks down or something and he's able to get off of it. And he and in very like characteristically Chevy Chase way, he goes, thank you, God. And then he walks in and keeps doing what he's doing, what he was doing. Right. And I always think of it like that. Right. Like that when we when we have stuff going on. So in this case, right, like um, we might be praying for somebody who's 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 gone off the deep end Mm -hmm. and please, God, please, God. And, you know, our prayers multiply Mm -hmm. and then God actually does work. And it's like, all right, on to my next request, which obviously God wants us to bring requests to him, but like God just did something that's incredibly praiseworthy mm-hmm. and um, acknowledging that like, and that's, it's kind of interesting. Like that's a lot of like the application that you get from the Psalms, right? Mm-hmm. Like praise him, give thanks to him, you know, and you're almost like, like, I feel like I read this last week when, <laughs> you know, in a Psalm, I, it, it, because like that is the fitting response to God's, to God's grace. You're not going to be able to do anything for God. It's not like, you know, let me send God like you know, a present for doing this. Give, let me give him something he doesn't have. But what what is fitting, totally acceptable, and indeed, I would say commanded, right, mm-hmm. is uh, giving thanks and praise to him for the good that he's done. And so, you know, um, yeah, coming alongside them, welcoming them into community, and um, remembering that you're praise to him in your prayers is every bit as important as your requests that the requests that you make to him and when he actually does answer those there should be acknowledgement and there should be uh, there should be thanksgiving on our part pun intended yes yeah i think uh <laughs> what, what do you think about sometimes i feel like I, i'm hesitant to celebrate just because of maybe a, a skepticism of like oh this person just came to christ like We'll see, you know, like, yeah, I, I hate yeah, to say yeah. that that's like happens, but yeah. sometimes that I, does I think that's like, you got to guard against cynicism, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, um, uh, because obviously there is that, right? Like, like, yeah, you're saying that now, are you going to be saying that in a year from mm-hmm. now? Like that, that, that rolls through one's head. But I mean, also like, I, I think we're all right to say that of ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. like let all mm-hmm. of us take heed lest we lest we fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you got to, there, there's definitely a big part of being a Christian where you need to put the the cynicism on the shelf. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's that, whether it's coming into church and not loving the music, mm-hmm. right? Or, or um, you know, uh, having to deal with people that you wouldn't normally have in your life if you weren't committed, you know, uh, to, um, to rejoice with people who are different from you and have different... You know, um, I mean, someone comes to me and is like, you know, uh, please pray for my cat or something. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Just pull mm-hmm. it a sil- like an example out of the. And I'm like, my my mental eyes are kind of rolling. Like, don't we have anything better to, mm-hmm. to pray for? But uh, yeah, you know what? 
God does want us to present our request before him. This is important yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. you know? And yeah, so like, I, I think, um, I think like being able to deal with stuff that's like that where my, my cynicism, uh, uh, impulses are boiling up and being like, actually, that's the bad thing that's happening to me. It isn't the fact that like, I'm not into this worship song that the mm -hmm. church is singing right now. The problem here is not that they're singing that song. The problem is, is that I'm not finding enough joy mm -hmm. in the fact that God has placed me in the body of Christ to sing praises to him with mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, um, that I can't do that right now. That's what needs to change mm -hmm. inside me. That needs to change. So just being very critical of your own cynicism, yeah, I yeah. think, is very helpful. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Finally, the final section here, God's reputation. All right. Why is forgiveness so hard? Mm. Well, I think uh, mm -hmm. a, a couple of reasons that I would put out there, right? Like, um, because... Um, I mean, it, it's like, there's like so many reasons they kind of like shower down. So mm -hmm. like, uh, because it's easier to uh, envision myself as a victim who is owed things by others. Um, because of the fact that if I forgive somebody, um, uh, that, that I might be opening up the door to things like that happening to me again, because if I forgive somebody then this implies that there's going to need to be, um, I'm going to need to do things to reconcile the relationship. And uh, I might have to be the quote unquote bigger person here or something like that, right? Like all those things are things that make forgiveness hard. And really, I mean, at the most basic level, forgiveness is hard because people do things that are worthy of forgiveness. And that means that they've caused me some level of pain or hardship in my life. And 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 that doesn't just go away. My feelings like that about that don't just go away. Um, also, the fact that it's it's hard to move your emotions to where your head is. Mm -hmm. um, I I might mentally say I forgive a person, but do I really forgive them? Uh, because my heart still feels bitter towards them, and I can't just decide to change that. Uh, so all those things are things that make forgiveness hard and this this is more of an open question mm -hmm. than um than maybe some of the others i think you might have as many answers for this as there are people in your group yeah yeah i, I heard this lyric one time that it's a long way to the kitchen sink because you can't wash this one out and it's like it's this uh, <laughs> this please like, explain <laughs> yeah yeah sorry sorry uh but yeah just like for it's it's talking about forgiveness so it's like it, it uh sometimes forgiveness just takes a lot of like like somebody's wronged you it's like somebody's um done something to hurt you and it takes a lot of effort to walk through a little bit at a time another uh example of it if the sink one didn't make any sense i've heard uh <laughs> phil phil brocco explain it as like a um you have a jug of water like a almost like a milk carton of water and forgiveness is like like splashing it out mm. and a little bit comes out and you feel lighter and you're like oh i forget or i forgave that person and then you realize oh wait like after a while there's there's actually still more that i have to so you forgive as much as you know how and as mm. you think that you've forgiven this person in full and then time passes and you realize there's oh there's still more there's to still dump more out, in there you yeah. know and so it's 
it's kind of a process that it's not like a one and done typically mm. like you forgive someone yeah, yeah. and then you realize oh i got i got more still to forgive yeah and, that's a good uh yeah. that's a good that's a good thing to keep in mind is the is the milk sour also so it's nasty Ooh. when it comes out we got to tell phil like comes out in chunks yeah it's like basically sour cream uh okay um so why is it more costly for god to forgive us than it is for us to forgive each other okay so if you think Mm -hmm. about it right like god commands us to forgive Mm -hmm. right and i'm to forgive freely and i'm to forgive openly um but yet for god right the his son comes and dies on the cross Mm. um why is it more costly for God to do it than it is for me? Why, if He tells me to just forgive, why does why does He require sacrifice? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing is that like His His name is holy, so it you know He has to go to pretty extremes to you know maintain that holiness, you know, uh, while forgiving. Yeah. You know, it's like if he just forgives, you know what I mean? It's like uh, if he just accepts all sinners and that's it, you know, it would defile his name of being holy. Yeah. You know, so he he has to punish it. Um, And so, yeah, so he has to take the punishment on himself. It's it's pretty costly. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. Right. That that God um, God has the. God is also is not only the, the the lover of mankind, but he's also uh, the 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 one who is to judge sin, right? And sin doesn't just go away. So, like, it's not our position to judge or to punish people for the sins that they've committed. Uh, in some circumstances, it might be the state's responsibility to participate in that, but. Um, as individuals, certainly not. And I think what you're describing is actually really well summarized in that passage in Romans 3 that I always say is kind of like looking under the hood of the gospel, how like the, the logic of how it works. Uh, this is Romans 3, 21 through 26. And I'll just read the last verse there um, where he says that, you know, Christ's death as an atoning sacrifice, a propitiation um was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus, mm. right? Like without the sacrifice in Christ, he can be one of those things, but he cannot be both. He could be just or he could be the one who makes righteous those who have faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. But if he does that without 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 Christ's death, uh, then... Uh, then he's not just, mm-hmm. right? Or he could just be just and just say, you know what, I'm going to punish all of you for your sin and give you exactly what you deserve. And in that case, he would not be the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But in order for him to be both those things, um, he gives the highest price that can be paid. He mm-hmm. gives the life of his son. So that far from me saying that your sin is nothing and that it requires nothing, I'm actually going to give that which nothing greater can be given. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Jesus Christ himself. So um, that's why it's so. And that pra- has practical import for us, right? Because we are called to forgive, um, but God's 
and and that costs us, right? It's mm-hmm. it's costly, it's hard, um, but it does not cost us as much to forgive others nearly as much as it cost God to forgive us. Right. You know, right. as long as if so if I feel like I have reason for not forgiving another because it's costly to me, I should remember that what God gave to in order to forgive me to secure my forgiveness was way more than anything I'm being asked to give. Yeah. Which is essentially the the talent of the unfor sorry, talent, the pr- parable of the unforgiving servant. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's yeah, and we're not we're not ho- like holy in the sense where um it's not like we have done something to earn right treatment from other people. Mm-hmm. God has done only holy yeah you know yeah, like so true, yeah. he does deserve right yeah. treatment and we don't give it to him so the degree so to which to... he's been wronged is greater than yeah. than us as well yeah, yeah that's right yeah we don't have a claim on other people's yeah. obedience or or yeah. love or anything like that yeah okay so now read god's promise of the new covenant in ezekiel 36 22 through 27 and uh, i'm there so I don't know. By yeah, the way, just to let you know how hard Curtis worked on this message this week, the page in his Bible that has Luke 15 on it is ripped. That's just because I was convicted and angry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's how you know you've been on that page a lot is yeah. when that page is messed up. Um, okay. So uh, Ezekiel 36, starting in verse 22. Okay. And this is again. You find the promises for the new of the new covenant a bunch of times in the Old Testament. I always say Jeremiah thirty one thirty one. Very easy to remember that one. Uh, that's these are the passages that you should have in your back pocket. You should know as a Christian where they are and what they say. They're very key passages in the scriptures. So this is God speaking through His prophet during the old covenant time, promising something better in the future. Okay. So it says, um, therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says Yahweh, Lord Yahweh, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, right? So why is he acting? For the sake of his holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. Uh, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am Yahweh, declares Lord Yahweh, uh, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from your all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit and I I will put I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules okay so this is God the heart surgeon okay mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. heart transplant time so in this passage God promises to redeem his sinful people for the sake of his name, and to vindicate the holiness of his great name. What does this teach us about the purpose of our salvation? Hmm. That it is um, ultimately to bring glory to God. It's, it's, uh, and that, that is, 
our good. It's a good thing he wants to do that because of he's doing it through our salvation. Yeah. But that ultimately our salvation in a sense is not about us. It's about yeah. God, yeah. right? It's about, uh, it's about God showing himself to be who he is, display, putting on display his full attributes mm-hmm. to the universe, mm-hmm. that this is who I am. I am the one who ultimately my holiness is vindicated in the eyes of all of creation mm-hmm. and uh and and glory is given to me through the salvation of sinners yeah and through doing this yeah it, uh, it reminds <clears throat> me so as i'm preparing for this message I, I reached out to uh someone a mentor of mine and uh he said that he's praying that i could just with the congregation at emergence just behold christ and uh it like really brought a lot of anxiety down for for speaking because it's just like Oh, that's what we're doing here. That's what salvation is all about is like, look at what Jesus has done for mm. us and for his name's sake. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something I, I frequently forget, but that, yeah, the main yeah. story of even my story, like is just magnifying Christ. It's not, it's yeah. not about me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm influenced in a lot of my thinking by a lot of these awesome ideas that John Piper has put in my head. And one of them is what preaching actually is. He calls it expository exaltation. So the the job is to exalt Christ and to do it by expositing his word, Mm. you know, and which is the true aim of the scriptures, the true aim of God's salvation. So it's a very, so salvation is a very God-centered act. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that we're not important, an important element in that, because, we're, but we're the ones through whom he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I think is a pretty mind blowing concept. Final question: From the very first years of the church, people have criticized the gospel of God's free grace as something that gives license for sin. Like, oh, Father, you've let your prodigal son return. You're throwing a party for him. There he is, wearing that robe and that ring. How do you think he's going to treat you next time? Uh, he decides to go and spend money on prostitutes or whatever, right? Like, and mm-hmm. doesn't the fact that you have late brought him back just encourage him to do this more? How mm-hmm. is he going to learn his lesson? How is he really going to become a righteous person by you receiving him back? How do verses 25 through 27 counter this objection? I'll give you a hint. Uh, it has to do with the pronoun that you see a ridiculous amount of times. <clears throat> I will sprinkle clean water on you, right? I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. That when the Father welcomes us back, right, there is this imagery of of lavishing gifts on us and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But God also, um, if we can extend the imagery a little bit, right, uh, puts you under anesthesia, mm-hmm. brings you into the mm-hmm. operating room, and he says, let's get rid of this heart of stone and put a heart yeah. of flesh yeah. in this in this person, in, in this my child. Mm-hmm. So it is the... Once you're back in the, when you're in the back in the gracious hands of the father, the father does not just say, all right, now I hope we've all learned an important lesson here today. He actually 
goes to work changing you. Right. It is right. the spirit of God that is the critical bridge between free grace and a life lived in sacrifice and holiness and righteousness. Yeah, that's true. Repentance does have that heart aspect like Psalm 51, is that with uh, where David is called out for um, the incident with Bathsheba? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he says, create in me a pure heart. Yep. You know, it's like uh, renew a steadfast spirit within me that there's this something about like realizing how awful you've blown it and receiving, you know, a treatment you, you never deserved. It just, it, it generates something new in you that, that doesn't just yep. go back to it, yep. you know, because um, he's the greatest love you can have. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and with that, um, I think I'd like to just uh, tag what we're going to be praying for this week. And that is uh, praise God. Remember how important it is to praise God, right? Mm -hmm. What we said earlier, right? Praise God for vindicating his holiness and exalting his great name through your salvation. Okay, because the one who comes out of this parable looking awesome is the Father. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, pray for someone specifically in your life who needs to realize that God loves them more than they can possibly imagine. And maybe that they're a bigger sinner than they can possibly imagine. As <laughs> remind us. And as we've been praying all season, remember to pray for the tragic humanitarian crises in Ukraine and Israel. Mm. All right. Awesome. Now, Curtis is a very popular guy. And popular guys get lots of texts all the time. And I know that he's been fending them off here because people are like, Curtis, I need you. Curtis, I'm going to put this in your court. Do you have time for a seltzer review? I would love to. I, I hear that tone. I, I, I recognize that tone. I have I have a furniture that's being got? delivered to your the house? new condo. Oh yeah, and so nice. I'm like, there's a bunch of calls, and I'm like, huh? Like right I now? Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, my phone is vibrating well, what right the, now. What are we doing? Well, I'm, you I'm, got guys to me, with man. furniture outside your this house. To All me. right. No. See, that's how much he loves you, folks. Ooh. All right. Well, with that, then, you guys have a great week, and we'll catch you next week for the final week of the season. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.